You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 112. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hello Awesome Podcast. JC Lee Pulford here, your host. We have three more episodes before season six is over already. Can you believe it? I hope you have been enjoying the theme Heaven Bound. If you have been loving these episodes and this podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Five-star review. Tell us what has been your favorite takeaway in these episodes. And make sure that you take a screenshot of your podcast player and share it on your Instagram stories. Tagging me at Hello Awesome Live. Today, I have the lovely Kimberly Wilson. Might know her on Instagram at Radiating Christ, where she shares her devotional journaling. And I truly love her heart for the Word of God. Kimberly shares a lot of great tips on how we can have a deeper devotion, what we can do at home to kind of dive into the Word, and how we should prepare ourselves um, so that we know exactly what we believe and why we believe what we believe, and also so that we can be equipped to share the right information to other people. So I love this conversation. Obviously, you know I am a big advocate for devotional. I think it's essential to the Christian life for us to have our own one-on-one time with the Lord in prayer and in the Word. And so today, I hope you will be encouraged. This is a shame-free zone. My hope is that you will walk away encouraged and inspired to have a better devotion life. Okay, guys, this is episode 112 that I am calling Deeper Devotion with Kimberly Wilson. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Before we get started, let me share some amazing deals from a few friends of mine. California-based, female-owned, modest boutique, Skirt Society has hand-picked pieces perfect for all sizes. For a limited time, use code HELLO10 for 10% off your next order at theskirtsociety.com. From hoodie sets to jumpers, up your fall fashion game this season. If you're trying to tame your mane like I am during the colder months this season, it is time to invest in Uncut. Uncut offers a variety of hair care cleansing and strengthening products that will help restore and renew your long locks. Use code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from UncutHairCare.com today. Are you looking for modest clothing that's both high quality and affordable? Pencil skirts, layer tops, lace extenders, and more can be found at Nuggles. You can also find the cutest, modest options for grade school age girls. Use code HelloAwesome10 for 10% off your purchase at www.nuggles.us. That's N-U-G-G-L-E-S.us and stock up for all your layering needs. So So Modest is run by a one-woman powerhouse of a seamstress bringing new life to fun fabrics as incredible, modest activewear. Think super cute stretchy skirts with matching leggings, 
custom made with your measurements. She even makes gorgeous swim dresses that honestly can be worn all year long. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order now when you shop at SoSoModest.com. That's S-O-S-E-W Modest.com. If you're like me, then your Bible might be in need of a good protective cover. Enter in leather and cord. Using beautiful leather to create Bible covers, notebooks, headbands, and more, leather and cord offers uniquely handcrafted items that honor the Word of God. Use my code AWESOME10 for 10% off when you order from their shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash leather and cord today. Is your skin starting to scream from the dryness already? The weather change is tough on us this time of year, but with Oneness Essentials, you will have all the handmade soaps, lotions, and scrubs that you need to let your skin shine and thrive every single day. At checkout, use code HelloAwesome for 15% off when you order from their website, onenesssoapbiz.com, and you will never have to worry about dry skin ever again. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I have another guest here with me today. I love saying that because it's so great to introduce you to amazing people of God. And Kimberly or Kim, welcome to the podcast. I absolutely love your passion for the word of God. I've been following you for a while now on Instagram, which I say probably every time I have a guest on, but I really have. Um, And I love how you share your passion for the word of God with others. So before we get started, can you just take a minute to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I think it makes sense to start from what is most important to me and then move on. But I do a lot of, I wear a lot of hats. Um, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a vice president of a campus ministry at ASO in a state at Arkansas. Um, And then I, if you know me, you probably know me from this thing that I do and it's called Radiating Christ. It's on Instagram and it's also on YouTube. And what I do is I basically just post a picture of my Bible and then whatever I'm learning about the caption. And then I try to figure out ways to help people study the Bible deeper and help them encourage them to do that. Well, that's awesome. That's great. I I love hearing about that. I didn't realize you were on YouTube, so I'm definitely going to be checking (laughs) that out. And yeah, I'm just so excited when I see people just who love the word of God and who aren't afraid to just talk about it and share about it. And that's definitely something that I wanted to obviously jump right into because it really is a great accomplishment and and an awesome ministry online and a resource for people. I really would love it if you would just take me back to the beginning of your Instagram, YouTube, social media journey, how you got started sharing your Bible journaling and your devotions. Um, well, I started Bible journaling when I was 16. I got a Bible from my fiance's mother and I was learning how to annotate in English class. And I was like, Hmm, if this is helping me understand Hamlet better, maybe this will help me understand the Bible better. So I just started applying what I was learning in English class to my 
Bible times. So I started annotating in it and taking notes over it. And then I realized, oh my goodness, this is very, very helpful. I feel like everyone should do this. Um, and along the way, I started seeing this thing called Bible journaling pop up on my Instagram. I'm like, what is this? And then I figured out it was exactly what I was doing. And I saw a lot of the artsy side of it where people were painting or drawing in their Bibles. And I've always been more of a note taker. Um, so I don't really go into that aspect of Bible journaling. But then one day this girl popped up on my Instagram feed. And she was doing what I basically do now. And in every single one of her posts, you would see somebody talking about how she encouraged them to read deeper and to learn more and to do this. And I thought it was amazing. Like, I love her account and I followed her. And then one day when I was at senior camp in the good old Arkansas campgrounds, I realized that she had deleted her account. And I was like, oh my God, oh, what is this? And so I look and it's deleted and I'm freaking out. So like, this is so good though. This helps people. And I told, I told Harrison about it and he was like, hmm, maybe you should start one. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that because I've always been more of a background person and I really don't like attention being on me. And so I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I can't do it. And I was like, somebody should do this. And then he looks at me and he's like, you're somebody. And I'm like, oh, no. Okay. I guess you got a point. <laughs> so then I make the account and I start sharing what I was learning from, from my studies and I never fathomed that it would become what it did because in my mind, it would only be like people that were I was friends with or my family or my church family. And I never expected it to grow as big as it ended up doing. But my original goal for it was to inspire women, but specifically apostolic women, to dig deeper into their studies. Because my one complaint about Christian manufacturing is that... Um, a lot of things directed towards women are watered down and there's no core doctrine in it. And it's very yeah. basic. And so I wanted to be able to inspire them to learn more. Like, why do you believe what you believe and why do you need to study your Bible? What can you learn from your Bible? And so I wanted to be able to inspire women to want to learn deeper. I love that. And you said something very interesting um, that I, I love how you said it is that a lot of, you know, manufactured Christian things for us women are very watered down. And do you think like people do that, obviously, because they want to just have, like, they feel like they have to make the word of God, like palatable? Yeah, I think it's because a lot of people think that if it's this fluffy thing, that's so beautiful, and it's not very uh, meaty, I guess, because in Hebrews, it talks about milk versus meat. Um, they want to make it very milky and not very meaty just because they think that that's all that women will be able to understand or that's all that women want to be able to understand. Uh, yeah. And so I think that plays a huge role in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's a good point. So where do you think your love for God's word came from? How did that part unfold for you? Just loving the word of God for yourself. Um, so I grew up in a very abusive and, and neglectful home and it showed itself in many ways and one of those ways was like I never really had anything that I needed and one of the major things that I didn't have was a bible and so I would go to Sunday school and I'd be so excited to learn more about the bible because you know I didn't have one at home and then anytime someone offered to get me one there was it was like a hit to their ego so they would be like no she has one at home when I didn't have one at home and so people to offer to buy me one, they'd be declined. And so I would find myself being so distraught because I didn't have my own Bible. And then one day, like I said, my um, fiance's mother bought me a Bible and I was so excited for this. Um, it was my 16th birthday and it was the Bible. And I devoured that Bible in the first year. Like I wrote 
all kinds of notes over it. I was so excited to have it. And I think from then, that's where my love for the word really sparked. And then it's just grown ever since then, especially after I actually realized how to study the Bible and how Bible journaling could impact the way that I'm learning from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could relate to that as well. Not having access to a Bible when I was a little kid as well. Um, I went to Catholic you know, school. So that was a little bit different. Well, catechism. So their Sunday school. And I remember they had Bibles there, but they never let us take it home or they never let us really like touch them. It was only like the teachers could do it. And it always felt weird that they were, they were basically creating this separation between like the children and like the Bible. And I, I always was so um, just confused about that. And so I didn't get a Bible until I was like 22 years old. So hopefully yeah. that's an encouragement to those people out there right now who, you know, if you feel stuck and you haven't actually dived into the word or you just don't have a Bible and you're older, um, you're not a kid, that's totally fine. There's there's plenty of time you can grab a Bible and you can start today. You can start anytime. Mm-hmm. You can also look, um, there are lots of Bibles online, so you don't even have to have a physical one if you can't right. access to it. Right. Oh, man, we live in such a world that just is obviously easily distracted. I mean, when we look at, um, when we just look at the busyness of everything and it's so easy for us to just miss out on special time with God through the do- devotion. I know for for me, well, you're a student. Um, so those out there who are students, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you have your schedule, you have your classes, you have your things you have to do. It's so easy to, to not take time for God. And I'm a mom. And so the same thing can apply. You know, I have things I have to do. I mean, the needs of them to be met, my needs to be met. And it's just so hard to really, um, take time to, uh, basically talk to God and to, to give God time. Why do you think that so many of us just struggle in this area? I think that it kind of boils down to the fact that our fleshly nature doesn't want to do things like prayer and reading and fasting. And so, you know, like our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. It's, it's that kind of thing. And my fiance actually preached about this yesterday. And uh, but devotion and spending time with God is an active choice. So we get to decide if we want to walk after this or if this is something that we don't really care about doing. And so it's much easier for us to choose to not engage in it just because that's by nature what we would want to do more. And so our flesh doesn't want to do it, but that's why it's so important for us to deny ourselves, you know, pick up our cross and follow after him because it's a daily walk. And spending time with God isn't something that's just going to come very easy to anyone because we are humans and we're flawed and we're not perfect. And so I think it's very important to recognize that, okay, this is a thing that's happening. I need to take steps to fix this. And so we have to be very active and intentional with our time. Yeah, that is true. Our flesh definitely is weak. Oh my goodness. Um, But I, I really appreciate that because that obviously is a biblical answer. We see that uh, time and time again in the Bible, you know, God telling uh, men and women of God to do certain things and they just don't because they, you know, their flesh is just um, kind of uh, taking over uh, mm-hmm. their conscience. And, you know, I really appreciate just you talking about, 
that because we have to recognize that within ourselves that it is normal for us to feel that way, but that doesn't mean that we should give into it. Yes, exactly. Now you mentioned uh, online apps for Bible. So I, I'm going to throw this to you. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite online Bible app or, you know, apps that you have on your phone for uh, Bible reading? I love, um, so for apps, I really like the version Bible just because it's so easy to navigate and mm-hmm. it would be very helpful for people who are new. Um, but for like website wise, biblehub.com, which I think also has an app is very, very helpful because not only does it have the Bible open for you, it has commentaries, it has the original Greek or Hebrew, and then it has cross references. So you get a lot of information out of that. And so does, um, biblestudytools.com, which also has an app. So they both have apps, but I prefer the website of them. Yeah, that's good. I also, uh, agree with the U version, especially in those times when I have different seasons in my life where I'm just exhausted. Um, this past like summer, we dealt with a lot of grief and you just don't really have the mental capacity to just sit and read the Bible. But I was able to pull up the U, the U version and they actually have an audio um, option that can read the Bible to you, mm-hmm. which is really, really great, especially when um, you know, you're struggling with something or, or you really just can't mentally uh, just uh, get to that point when you're dealing with something like a trauma or grief or different things like that. Um, and uh, I don't know if people have Android. I do. But uh, my <laughs> sword is a good one. You have to download it from uh, I think it's my org or my Just Google my sword. And it's for Android, but you have to download it from their website. But it's an app um, that I love as well that also has commentary. And you could you can just do all the different books of the Bible and, and kind of cross-reference and things like that. And uh, that's what I use probably 90% of the time when I'm on mm-hmm. the go. So, so there really is uh, no excuses. We have just wow. so much at our fingertips and so many resources. So if you're struggling... We see you, we understand, we get it, but you should be intentional about it. So, you know, what is uh, one way that can help us really get connected with God every day, even if we're busy? I know we talked about these apps, but is there something else or do you want to expound on that? Um, I can think of multiple ways. Okay. Um, When... I know a lot of people commute when they go to work or they go to school. Like for me, I live 30 minutes away from my college. So I have that 30 minutes of commute time every single day. And so I think maybe listening to the Bible while you're driving or listening to worship music or praying out loud while you're driving or listening to a Christian podcast like yours um, will be very helpful if you are seeing that you or thinking that you don't have enough time. But then Something that I've been doing recently and incorporating into my day is that I've been listening to the Bible in the background when I'm working on schoolwork. And so I don't obviously hear everything that it's saying. But then when there are times that I'm listening and I'm doing both, I hear something and then I just take a break and then I really reflect on what I was hearing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this was good. And then I go back to working. And so I have this time where I'm listening while I'm working, but I'm still able to do both at the same time. And then, like I said, just being cognizant of your free time in general, because if we have two hours to 
grow on Instagram, then we definitely have two hours to read the Bible, obviously. So I think realizing how much time you're actually spending on things really helps give you that perspective. Yeah, it really does. And uh, some people don't know this, but if you go on the Instagram app and you click on, um, you know, your profile, there's three bars in the top right, and you can click on your activity and it will tell you a time, how much time that you are spending on the app, your daily average. And this is not so that you can feel guilty or, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for us to shame you. It's literally just really looking at the facts. You have to look at how you are spending your free time, which I agree, Kim, is very important. And even though I use mine for um, work, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I use this for work and then end up actually not using it for work. Yeah, um, I have to preach myself. I preach this to myself every single day. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was a preacher named Jimmy Levin who recently said something that I thought was amazing. And he said, sometimes you can get so distracted by working for God, you actually forget to spend time with God. Like sometimes it's easier to do a she's for Christ, or I guess I moved the mission now, um, car wash and not pray that day. So I think that kind of like you said, with your work, it can be easy to like, for me, for example, I use Instagram to share Bible. And so it can be easy for me to spend a lot of time on Instagram and then me like say that it's okay because I'm doing this, but really I should be spending more time with God than I do on Instagram, even if it is something that I use as a ministry. So I'm also very, very guilty of this. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect by any means. No, of course not. We all do it, but um, we're talking about it, not because we're hypocrites. We're talking about it because we know it's important and we have to call things out. And I think it's so important, especially in this day and age where people, you know, um, call each other out on other things that mm-hmm. might not be, you know, uh, as important and we're not calling people out, but we have to call out things for ourselves. We have yeah. to look at things and call them out as they are. And that's the only way that we can actually move towards repentance and move towards change. It's when we call things out, we see it as it is. And we say, Lord, I see it. Please forgive me. Help me to be better. So I, I honestly, I'd love for you to just take some time, if you could, to speak to somebody listening right now who really feels defeated about their devotion dedication They're having a hard time focusing when it comes to the word. They're just really, really um, just ready to kind of give up. And and maybe they have given up. What would you tell that person? I would remind them, kind of like I I said a couple of minutes ago, like I am not perfect. And so I struggle with it just as much as everyone else does at times. And I think it's important to recognize that you're not alone in the struggle and that you know, me, your youth pastor, or the person you look up to the most, we have all been there at some point in our lives. And it's never too late to read or pray, because it's always better to read, like, at the end of the day, when you realize, oh, I haven't read anything today, reading a couple of verses is always better than reading nothing at all. And praying for a couple of minutes before you go to sleep, and you realize you haven't prayed that day is always better than not praying at all. And so I think we need to, I would, I would hope that they would realize that they're not alone in this struggle. And it's not because they're just this person who is the only person who's struggling with it. And they're so bad. And and I don't want them to feel that way because we've all struggled with it at some point in our lives. And a helpful thing would be to find an accountability partner. So you find someone that you trust. Number one, you, you really need to trust this person. And you tell them about what you're struggling with and they help you 
are, they hold you accountable to do it. And then also you can hold them accountable to it. So then it's not the, just this one-sided relationship. And so you can both work together to make sure that you're both getting time in with God and you're both doing things that you feel you should be doing. Right. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's going to be an encouragement to somebody out there. It is true. Um, it is such a good thing to have an accountability partner, definitely somebody that you trust. Yes. Um, like we said, just to, you know, give you gentle reminders and just to be there with you and somebody to come alongside you. And that's what I hope that, you know, we're doing here. Um, it's so easy to just, you know, feel all this shame and guilt. But if we don't do anything about it, um, that's just going to lead us to condemnation. And there is no condemnation in Jesus. So um, if you feel guilt and shame, let it lead you to repentance, because that's the only way for uh, there to be a positive change. I agree. So what scripture or Bible story has the Lord been bringing to your attention lately? <laughs> I I posted about this recently, but I've been camped out in First Samuel for a very long time now. That's and I've just, I've just been absorbing everything. And I've read this multiple times and I still am finding things that are just blowing my mind. And I think that just speaks to the Bible in general, that I can read this multiple times and still find something new. But um, recently, the biggest thing that spoke to me was Hannah's story in First Samuel 1. And so I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but... It, in summary, she was being harassed about not being able to have a child, and she was taunted like every day for this. And she no, and they did not let up at all. And so, you would you wouldn't blame her if she started throwing herself a pity party because she is being treated horribly. But the thing is that she doesn't do that. And I've never been someone who was uh, very outwardly emotional. I don't like to show my emotions, which is something that I'm working on right now. But so I would have never thrown myself a pity party outwards, but I so would on the inside. I would look around and see all the bad around me and everything that's going wrong. And then I would just throw myself an inward pity party. So Hannah doesn't do this. And she goes before God and she pours her, her heart out in prayer. And so she pours out all the anger that she might have been harboring, or she pours out all the bitterness that she might have had and any resentment that was developing. She poured it all out in prayer. And I once she poured it out, a blessing came out of it. And I just, I've been thinking about that ever since I've read it and it has not left my mind. And I just love for Samuel. I love it so much. And that is what I, I cannot forget about it. It's just, it's in my brain and it's living there. <laughs> it's so good. It really is good. And so this is uh, Kim and JC telling all those out there who have not studied for Samuel to please take time to do that, especially this winter, this fall winter, if you're cozy inside because it's cool outside. Such a great book. I remember uh, studying that um, a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was right before I had my second son and um, my second son's name is Samuel. And... Oh. I was so blessed by the story of Hannah and just seeing her love for the Lord and just trying to make things right and doing what basically doing what uh, she felt she needed to do in spite of um, just the terrible, terrible circumstances she was under. And it's kind of what uh, we need to do today, especially when we look at uh, here in America and the different things that we're experiencing there are a lot of people who are being bullied and tormented for um, all different things. And um, 
you know, uh, some of us uh, respond with having a pity party. Some of us respond um, with other things besides the fruit of the spirit. And uh, Hannah knew who uh, to go to. She knew where her hope lied. She knew who was going to really supply all her needs. And it's, it's just such a testimony to just how good our God really is and that he really just covets our prayers and he listens to all of those who are wounded in their hearts. Now, the theme of this season on the podcast is heaven bound. So I do want to bring this back to that. And I'd love to ask you, what comes to mind when you hear the words heaven bound? I'm a bit of a literal person. So when I hear heaven bound, I literally think about being heaven bound and the importance of being heaven bound. Yeah. And then that leads me to think of how important it is to make sure that other people are heaven bound and that there are so many people out there who don't know about God and they've never really heard about him. And so they don't know where their hope is. They don't know that there's this God of hope. They don't know that there is this God of peace and they don't know about God. And so when I hear heaven bound, I not only think of like, oh, myself, I need to be heaven bound, but like everyone around me needs to be heaven bound. And so my fiance's mother says this thing that goes, I know that I know that I know where my soul is going to go. And so when I think of heaven bound, I think of the importance to know that you know that you know where your soul is going to go. And then also the importance that someone else knows, they know that they know where their soul is going to go. And so I think it involves this idea of like, well, how will they know if they don't hear and how will they hear unless we tell them? And so heaven bound to me means that I am making sure that I'm heaven bound, but I'm also doing everything in my power to make sure that everyone else around me is heaven bound. Right. Yeah, that's so good because it's so easy for us to just focus on ourselves and our own salvation. But um, like my bishop has taught over the years, um, he's taught um, eight steps from death to life, which if you know uh, Bishop Clifford readout out there, then you know the eight steps from death to life. And uh, they could be found on uh, the Apostolic Church of Enfield podcast, uh, just a plug there. But he talks about um, the last step of that eight steps is, um, you know, um, reproduction. And that means that after we have received what the Lord has given us, and after we've been, you know, we receive the revelation of who he is, we have repented. Uh, we have, you know, been baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy ghost. We have been under teaching and we are living a holy life. Then the next thing is to bring people into the truth and to tell people about who he is and to basically reproduce uh, in the kingdom of God. And that is truly part of the will of God because he wants to see every soul uh, come to repentance. He wants to see every soul in heaven. God does not desire anybody to perish. And so I think that's another thing is there are a lot of people in this world who want to think of God as like this vengeful, evil God who's waiting with a hammer Mm -hmm. and you know, if we make a mistake, he gets glory and just beating us up about it. And that's just not true. Yes. Um, there's a lot of stuff, I think, in the Old Testament that just gets construed and just uh, misrepresented in the mainstream. But if you really study the word of God, you would see that um, God's judgment is God's grace. And there's a reason for uh, everything that he does. And he uses all things for good to those who love him. And so if we truly love him, he will use everything for, mm-hmm. for our good. And I, and I do agree. It's, it's, it's something that we have to truly um, 
be more conscious of. And um, we don't have to be perfect to witness about God. And so I think that's the other thing is too, like, we don't have to be a Bible scholar. We don't have to be a preacher. We don't have to have a license from an organization to tell people about Jesus. We just have to love Jesus and basically just tell people about that love and, and just share what he's shared with us. Yeah, I, I, I relate. I used to think that I needed to either have, you know, the last name, like I needed that last name, or I needed, yeah. like you said, a license or something like I needed to be um, an alumni from a Bible college to be mm-hmm. able to do anything. So for this longest time, I was holding myself back from anything that God had for me or that God wanted me to do because I was like, oh, I can't do it yet because I'm not this person or I'm not a Bible scholar or I'm not licensed, I can't do these things. I can't tell them about God. But really, we can We can start where we are now, even if we're not a Bible scholar or a licensed minister or this or that, because he is the one who equips us to do those things. And I just, for the longest time, I was like, I can't talk to other people about God because I'm not this. And I think that's the worst thing that you could possibly do. And um, yeah, I struggled with that for a very long time, so... Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that this is being brought up because I think a lot of people do struggle with that. Um, And that's just something that, you know, we have put on ourselves. We seem to put limitations on ourselves when God hasn't put limitations. And there are definitely some things that we, you know, are called to do and some things that we are not called to do, but everybody's different. And I think sometimes we have to uh, just take a step back and realize Um, what is the most important thing and uh, kind of simplify things. Um, I can't remember who said it now. So I'm like, I'm trying to think, but I remember not that long ago, uh, somebody preached and just said, it really isn't about your pedigree. It's not about your family. It's not about who you know, or the church you're associated with. It's just about your story and sharing your story about what God did in your life with other people. And that's really the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Can you just share with us? I know we were kind of talking about this a little bit, but um, I'd like to dive in a little bit more. We talked about this a little bit, but I'd like to dive in just some more. Can you just share with us why knowing God's word, knowing the Bible, why is it important when we are talking about heaven? Um, so heaven and being heaven bound are these very big topics and they're very important topics. And my opinion is that I never want to spread misinformation about anything in the Bible because, you know, the Bible tells us that that is not a good thing to do. Um, and so we don't want to be responsible for spreading misinformation about heaven and about being heaven bound because we don't want to be the reason someone walks away because they feel like, oh, well, this person's saying this thing and this person's saying that thing and the Bible says this thing and everything's confusing, so now I can't trust anyone and then they go. Which sounds like I am just uh, stretching, but I used to be an admin for a Bible study group and I would see this constantly. Like there would be a post where someone said something and then someone said something else and the person responding wasn't informed on what they were talking about. And there was a person in the comments saying, oh, well, if this is what Christianity is like, well, then I don't want to be involved at all. So they would leave the group and they wouldn't, I I would never know what happened. And so spreading misinformation can be very damaging. And I think that we need to know what we're talking about. We need to know know, why we believe what we believe and why why we're saying these things. So when we're talking about heaven, we need to make sure that we're informed so that we're not spreading misinformation. 
That is a really good point. And I actually never thought about it that way, but it's so true. And it's something that I have to make sure (laughs) for me, you know, doing a podcast and sharing Bible studies, we all need to be careful of, of, you know, just sharing misinformation. I think that is true because people can spot fake from a mile away. And, you know, there are a lot of people who generally want a real relationship with God and they want real truth. And if you don't know something and somebody asks you, my, my bishop has always said, well, then just tell them, I actually have to look into that a little bit, but I'll get back to you. There's nothing wrong with saying, can I just take a minute to actually study this a little bit more? Because I want to make sure that I'm giving you the right answer. Yes. It's always okay to say, I don't know. And I think that because we, speaking from my own experience, um, it, we can get so consumed by pride that we have to know everything and we have to at least mm. seem like we know everything. And that can be more damaging than we realize because we say something that isn't actually true. And then that person now doesn't trust us anymore. And so how do we witness to somebody who doesn't trust us because we accidentally um, told them something that wasn't true. And so I think being able to say, I don't know, is a really big thing. That's really good. You're right. We definitely need to say, I don't know a little bit more, especially if we don't know. Mm-hmm. And um I never thought about really how much it is rooted in pride when we say, when we try and um, just use our own intellect or we try and, I guess, kind of use the word to answer a question, maybe not the way that God wanted us to use it. Um, Mm -hmm. And we really just need to know for ourselves. And part of that is just taking time and kind of stepping away from the situation. Because especially when it comes to like the you know, when we think about heaven, there are so many just ideas out there because of shows and TV and media. And, you know, it's very profitable uh, to talk about life and death. Um, And it's very profitable to talk about heaven and hell. And if we look at even some of the new shows that are coming out now, they're very dark and very Mm -hmm. um, evil in their foundation. And uh, I did mention this briefly to my husband, I think it was a week ago, I said, have you noticed that there aren't any like comedies coming out? Like, I know it's going to be October and, and, yeah. you know, everybody's obsessed with Halloween. I get that. But I mean, there, where are the comedies? Where are the fun loving family shows? We are not seeing those coming out anymore. It's very like dark and it's a lot of drama. And so that's what sells and uh, fear sells. And so people have just these different ideas of what heaven and hell are based on what they see in the media. And so we have to be careful not to take what what we're being fed by the media and using that as a way to answer people's questions about heaven, but really going to the word of God. And what does God say about heaven? What does what does it say about, you know, him preparing a place for us? What does that place look like? How are we supposed to feel in heaven, you know, where he's going to wipe away all tears from all eyes? You know, there will be no more pain and no more sorrow. Those are so important. And I think we need to, hear more of that narrative every day. Yes. So how can we as believers really live out the word of God when this world just walks in opposition of it? I think it all kind of goes back to the answer that we've been giving everything. It's um, you have to be intentional about it because as I said earlier, um, it's very easy to choose not to do it. If your, your flesh isn't going to complain if you don't read that day. That's not going to complain if you don't pray that day. And so um, 
Harrison preached yesterday, and I guess I just really liked what he had to say because I'm going to reference it again. But when he preached, he talked about a passivity of sin, which means that there is a passive nature to sin. And what that is saying is that you don't have to go out and intentionally look for sin. You can just be sitting down and you can find it. Like it's not something that you are have to be very intentional to go out and find. But walking after God is very intentional. Like that it's not something that comes easy to our flesh. So we have to be very careful that we wake up each morning and we think, okay, how can I walk after God today? And so it all really boils down to intention because walking for God isn't this passive thing. It's very active and it's very intentional. And God will give us the strength to walk in his ways if that's something that we make up our mind that we want to do. So we don't even have to be strong ourselves. Like we don't have, we can be as weak as we possibly can, but he will give us the strength to walk after him if that's what we make up our mind that this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to live our lives. Yeah, that's so true and so good. I'm going to have to ask if there is a link to Harrison preaching because we're going to have to listen to that if there is. <laughs> um, you can go to our Facebook. Um, if we live stream all of our services right now. And it would have been the uh, 28th. And the Facebook is called the Pentecostals of Lake City. And yeah, it'll, it'll be there and you'll, you'll be able to listen to it. But it was pretty good. And I have, I have been dwelling on it all day long. <laughs> I'm definitely saving that. Um, I'll put the link also in, our, uh, in the podcast notes for everybody. Um, okay. But I really appreciate that. I think that's so good. And yeah, we just have to honestly humble ourselves. And just be like, we don't know it all. We don't know everything, but we know a God who does. And we do have an opportunity to learn more. And if we don't know something, you know, we can learn more. And uh, if we fail and we're weak, that's just showing that we're human and that we need a God to really give us strength. Um, So I, I would love if you would just obviously take some more time and just share anything else that you feel the Lord wants us to hear right now. I think that I would want to circle back to the, um, if someone is struggling with devotion to just remind them like one more time that it is something that everyone struggles with. So if you're feeling the shame about it, it's something that you can go to God about and you can talk to him about. And you're not the only one in the world who's struggling with this. So if you talk to other people, you'll hear that they, they have struggled with it before in their lives and you're not the only one. And so you don't have to feel discouraged. Like you're never going to be able to read your Bible every day or you're never going to be able to pray every day because it's something that takes time and it's something that you have to be intentional about. So don't feel like it is completely impossible and out of the realms you could possibly do it because you can do it. And he will give you the strength every single day. If you make up that, you make that choice to follow after him and to read and to pray and to put him first, he will give you the strength to do it, even if you have none or you feel like you're not strong at all. So I just think encouraging you that it is possible and it may feel like it's impossible, but it is possible and you you can do it. Definitely. Amen. Thank you so much for that encouraging word. I definitely know people out there need to hear this. We are you know, it might look like we are surrounded, but we still have hope. There's still the God in the middle of the midst of all these battles and he loves us and he cares for us. And um, if you're feeling hopeless or defeated, just know that that is 
not what God wants for you. Mm-hmm. All those feelings are coming from either within you or the enemy whispering to you. But there is a God who loves you and who definitely wants to see you succeed um, in this relationship with him. And, of course, he wants to see you in heaven someday. So, Kim, you are just so really sweet. I mean, you're super smart and amazing. And I'm really, I'm just grateful for your passion. We need more young ladies who just love the word. And I want to just thank you for sharing that with us uh, today. Can you just let us know where we can follow you on social media and how people can connect to your church? Okay. Um If you're someone who wants to hear more about what I do um, in Bible journaling, I am Radiating Christ on Instagram and YouTube. And then if you want to follow more of my personal life, it's just Kimberly Wilson with two eyes in the Wilson. And to connect to my church, there's the PLC.org, or you can look us up on Facebook and it's the Pentecostals of Lake City. And I think that's it. I think I don't have anything else, but I'm all, I'm all over social media. So sometimes I get confused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Ken, for being on the podcast and sharing your heart with us today. Thank you for having me. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at hello awesome live? I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sharing how God used this to bless you. Don't forget to subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome and shop inspirational products, head to helloawesome.live using the promo code HELLO10 for 10% off your next purchase. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.